Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I'm joined by Will Murden. We're a day late but how are you going tonight? Good sir. I am good my friend. We are a little bit late today but it's been a beautiful day. Uh, it has been. It's, it's We're rolling in. Week 14, that's... I don't know. Do we normally go this long? It feels like it's it's crazy. Some teams are playing the third game for the year. Some teams are playing their second game for the year. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah. it's all over the shop. But it feels like it's we are just grinding it out now because the end is in sight and we're talking about all the strange permutations that are occurring in college football. But in terms of games this week, I'm not super excited, if I'm honest. Uh, I just I don't think there's a lot that I'm really, you know, frothing at the mouth for. So this weekend for me is all about finding those games to get excited about. And hopefully we can talk you through that. But as a listener, but you need to bring something tonight, Will. You've got to convince me that some of these games are worthwhile. And I don't want you to arm and ah your way through it. I need some conviction out of you, please, tonight. Yes, sir. No, I can do that. I can certainly get our fan base excited for something across the weekend, surely. I mean, I sure hope so. Surely there's a little couple of chunks, some floating morsels in the bottom of this toilet bowl that we can really get our teeth into. All right, let's. we've got <laughs> a few bits and pieces to get to. We've got news. We've got some fair dinkums again, which I think is going to some interesting stuff tonight out there. We've got all our game previews, bold predictions on the punt as well. So heaps to get to before we do any of that at the top of the show. Please make sure you do hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CFB Down Under. Make sure you get in touch, have a chat, leave us a five-star review. A um, couple of questions floating through now, even the, some of the pro questions, wondering about draft prospects and who are the guys that we need to keep an eye on? What schools? Where are they coming from? Um, obviously, you're a Tate monster and you just love watching interior offensive linemen. So I think you are the guy to be answering any questions on that front, which is fantastic. Yeah, your foot, top th- footwork, inside the frame, all that sort of deal. That's me. Your top three centers in the this year's upcoming draft, Will, are? Uh, the big guy from Wisconsin. The big guy from Iowa, and there's usually a pretty good big guy at Oklahoma too. So those three big fellas. The big fellas. Um, The big fellas. I also want to jump in here. I'm pretty excited about this week's On the Pump. I've I've gone another direction in this week. We've heard this before. I know we have, but this one I I think... How many different directions have you gone? uh, Until we find the one that's fucking up, I'm going to keep changing direction. (laughs) And uh, this week, I've, I've taken a real taste of what do I really not like the look of? Like, what just tastes bad in my mouth? And I'm going to bet on that because we've seen what happens when I go after the things I like. So let's try and change it up and see if this can bring me any sort of fortune. Uh, I like it. I like it. All right. Let's get into some news, of which there is a fair bit this week. What's and- Derek Mason, fired at Vandy, cannot be surprised with that. Um, A little bit of stuff coming out around his decision around the kicker, Sarah Fuller, as well. Um, Players not happy with that situation. Either way, the uh, doors are, what, 0-8 at the moment, and he's out of there. So a few names have come up, but nothing too serious in this space. Uh, mostly from group of five schools. I like it as a last-ditch effort. Like, you could see the writing on the wall. It's like, how can I keep my fucking job? I know, I'll get a girl in, and then they can't <laughs> fire me, surely. Like, this is, there's all this, the spotlight's on us. They'd be, it'd be ridiculous for them to sack me on the back of that, and then they get annihilated, and he shamed off. Perfect. Sam Cosme has opted out at Texas, the big guy from Texas, offensive lineman. Um, To me, this sort of feels like it's the first my team's done for the year. And we've seen it earlier from the real dumpster fire programs, Florida State, LSU, that crashed and burned early. But Texas was still in the running for a big, big big game. And as soon as they lost that game, he was like, no, I'm done. And as you've mentioned, as we've mentioned in the past, this is here to stay. As soon as these teams are out of contention, we're going to see these first round draft picks going, you know what, I'm not interested in playing the last two games of my season and a meaningless bowl game. Um, Consider the number two tackle in the country, so he's a really good one to look out for. 
Due to schedule changes, Notre Dame is in the ACC championship game already done and decided Clemson needs to beat Virginia Tech on Saturday to lock up their spot. Uh, Miami could actually end up with the best record in the conference at 9-1, um, but they're not in the best two teams in the conference. So, uh, you know, they've got, they're going to get the best two teams in, which is important. I think the ACC need to lock up Notre Dame full-time, and I would hate to see Notre Dame come in with the championship and then flitter back off, which I have a feeling is what's going to happen because the ACC seems to just bend the knee and unbuckle that belt for the proverbial Notre Dame pants. That's exactly what's going to happen. Notre Dame is going to come in, show how easy it is to win the ACC, and then dip on out. No, I don't think they will. I think they, I think Clemson win. But anyway, um, so yeah, just you know, as, as some scheduling notes and the way this is kind of played out and panned out for the ACC and the way that tiebreakers fall, that means that those two teams are in. And I believe, I mean, all we need is Clemson to beat Virginia Tech on the weekend, which they will do. And that leads to a situation where we've got the first Power 5 game decided, although we could see others join that. The Big 12 is almost set. The SEC is almost set, I believe, as well. It's mostly mathematical at this point. Absolutely. All right, let's get into some fair dinkums. Oh, there's a, there's a bit more news. Oh, no, is there? I've yeah, there's a couple of things stuff, I want to touch. Yeah, like sorry, Michael sorry. Michael Penix at um, Indiana has torn his ACL, yeah. done for the he year. Has. So they're obviously still in the running uh, for the Big Ten. Not, not if, anymore. If, well, Jack, no. Jack Tuttle is not the future. That, that, that's a big hit for that program. They're having a historic year for them, and that's super disappointing to see him go out that way, but that's football sometimes. The other one I think it's worth noting at this stage, we've had 10 of the bowl games now cancelled mm-hmm. uh, as a result of the pandemic. So the latest was the Las Vegas Bowl. They were going to have the first one in the new stadium there that looks unreal, by the way. Uh, yeah. But there's, there's some ones that have been running for a while. I think it was the Sun Bowl has been like a, a huge streak that's coming to an end. So there's a lot of this stuff that is is a massive impact. And I know it's disappointing for the players because they really like the the reward you get as a as a bowl game trip at the end of the year. It's a lot of fun. You head out, you get your gifts. That's not to be this year, but it makes sense. It's probably not the wisest mm. thing to be sending teams from all across the country into these, you know, party-fueled atmospheres. But not only, but not only that, like there is a whole bunch of, uh, sponsorship and money and stuff that goes and changes hands as a result of that and they rely on ticket sales to you know recoup some of that expenditure that these companies have to put these bowls on pinstripe bowl was another one yeah, that occurs in new york that is also done as well any other news no, Ryan Day. do you want to talk Ryan Day or do you want to save that for later we can save that for later save that for later okay um now can i get into fair dinkums will is that okay please all right, I'm going to start, and here we go. My fair dinkum is that Georgia is the most overrated team in the country. So I'm going to throw some numbers at you because I saw a statement that said Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan State are the only two are the only teams to have two wins against top 15 opponents this year. Those three teams: Alabama, sure, I believe that. Georgia, wait, what? And Michigan State, I also believe that sort of, but I don't, so I dove in a little bit deeper. Georgia at this stage has got two losses. Those two losses were against Florida and Alabama by 16 and 17 points. So pretty convincing losses for a team that considers themselves a national contender. Their wins have come against two and six Mississippi State, two and seven South Carolina, three and six Kentucky, Two and five Tennessee, which they were number 14 at the time, so they get thrown in as a top 15 win. Congratulations, well done. They now get Vandy, who are 0 and 8. They're going to go 6 and 2 after this weekend and be ranked in the top 7 or 8. On top of that, their only win against a team with a winning record is, and what was the number 17, the number 7 team, excuse me team in the country at that particular time which was Auburn they're five and three but guess what how many of their five wins have come against anyone with a winning record a grand total of none and Auburn are not a good team this year so Georgia are not that good the SEC to me is also not that good either they 
uh, have been disappointing, totally overrated, and the teams they've beaten are pretty mediocre at the moment. Interesting. I, I like the take. I like the research behind it. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm curious to see the parallels between the SEC and the ACC and your take on that. So obviously you've got Alabama and Florida who you agree, very good team. ACC have Clemson and uh, Notre Dame who are at the top there and obviously very good. If we then look at the next one down, you would say in the SEC it's probably Georgia uh, and in the ACC uh, it's did Miami. Did you say A&M? Sorry, did you say A&M? Oh, no, yeah, you're right. A&M, very, very deserved, number five team in the country. So yep. so we're saying the next one down from that. So let's say A&M Miami as, as a comparison in the ACC, and then we talk Georgia and, what, North Carolina? So if we're, we're, we're putting those two head-to-head, how do you think that one's playing out? Are you Georgia saying it's going to be a much closer game than expected, or do you think Georgia will win that one comfortably? Georgia, I know where Georgia, I North Carolina. Georgia, North Carolina. Uh, I don't think Georgia can score the points, and they haven't. I mean, we've seen JT Barrett, he handed it off a number of times, but I just don't think that... No, I'm taking North Carolina in that one. They'll put up too many points. That Georgia defense has taken a bit of a step back in recent weeks, and, you know, whilst JT Barrett has flashed at times... A Georgia team that... Gave up 44 and 41 to Alabama and Florida, but outside of that has not had more than 24 put on them. So the team, yeah, okay. So look at the offenses that they've played against. Mississippi State, cool. They were really chopping it up. South Carolina fired their coach. Kentucky have been a mess completely, both throwing the ball. Well, not that they've ever been good at that, but they can't run the ball either. Tennessee's on a five-game losing streak. And so any team with Started offensive by Georgia. Pulse, <laughs> Well, yeah. Any team with an offensive pulse, they have given up points to. And North Carolina are a top 10 offense in the country. So they're going to put up points on them. I, I've got no doubt. Auburn are not a good offense. And that was the other team that they apparently beat. Well, they did beat. No, it's not apparent. But gave up six points to. Yeah. Kept but, six points. You know, I, I just think that that game, I don't think Georgia's that good. It would be an interesting matchup. I hope that's a bowl game we get. I'd be interested to see Georgia, North Carolina. I think that'd be a fantastic bowl game. Certainly. Um, or Georgia, Miami, or whatever. I, I just don't think Georgia's that good. I just don't. They Look, have I, been I, I disappointed. Have and, and that's the question is they're overrated. I have to give you points for the work that you've put in, like the stats that back it up. I don't have that. But I. I don't agree with you. I think this. Georgia so where's team their quality win that makes them a top six or seven team, which is where they're going to finish up after the weekend? They don't have, I have think, one. I think the victory Auburn? over Auburn is fairly convincing. That's not. Yeah, that's absolutely. not a good win. That's not a good win. It's not. Not a good enough win to put you in the top ten. And this is why I've always struggled with, um, you know, rankings early, is because it's hard to take Georgia out, even though. Like, what have they really done that's been that impressive? Absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm taking Cincinnati over Georgia at the moment. I'm taking BYU over Georgia at the moment. Just because Georgia recruit well and have done so doesn't make them, you know, a big powerhouse this year. They're just not. It, it's tough to then put in BYU. What's BYU's best win? Boise State. Against a third-string quarterback at Boise State, like the argument doesn't hold water. Unfortunately, I, I love BYU. And I think it's there. It's just if you're looking for signature wins, you're not going to find it there. If you talk Cincinnati, you've got a little bit more credibility, but even then, it's it's a massive step down. We both know it. Yeah, I just don't, like I would be interested to see. I'd take Oklahoma. Oklahoma will smoke Georgia at the moment. Oklahoma smoke a lot of teams at the moment. They are bruising. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, we could go round and round in circles here. I just don't think they're particularly good. So fair dinkum or not, I guess is the question. Uh, I'm going to say not, but I like your argument. Okay. Well so structured. one more question on this line. Who then is the most overrated team in the country? Uh, that's a good one. If I bring up the top 25 poll that I have in front of me here and I quickly run through it. I like the top four. A&M feels like one that, that could be in the conversation, but probably not rightfully so. Like the, the, I think they've done enough, uh, frequently enough, that there's something in the back of my mind, I think we've talked about this earlier, where I'm like, mm, A&M, I'm not a, a believer, but then they keep putting up wins and, and doing yeah. it in a relatively impressive fashion. 
Uh, Miami. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw them in the mix. They've been yeah, far from convincing. I, I don't disagree with that at all, but they're not the number eight team in the country according to the college football playoff ranking at the moment. Uh, they're number nine in the AP poll. Yeah, but they're actually below Georgia in the... Yes, but I believe Georgia's a fair bit better than Miami. I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay. Indiana? Uh, well, now Penix is out. It's probably... Yes, but that's not really fair. It's like for where they were at, I think that's that's certainly they've they've done enough to show that, so that's good. Uh, Iowa State, yeah, fuck them off. Um, all right, my turn. <laughs> this, has been, this has been lengthy. <laughs> it has, it has. I'm, I'm gonna be a bit quicker with what I'm gonna ask you. But we were talking about opt outs earlier. Before, I just want to put this notion to you that the all opt out team would win the national championship. So if I could build a roster out of all of the players who have opted out so far this season, I'd be talking natties. Who's coaching that team? Uh, Has anyone opted out as a coach or do I get a COVID victim (laughs) or how does that one work? Like Uh, uh, Derek Mason, maybe? He's been been opted out. Not him. No? Okay. Uh, who I else feel like has been any, any coaching staff that would be playing them. So if we say Alabama is the number one team in the country, whose yep. coaching staff goes in? Ryan Day's Ohio State coaching staff or Dabo Swinney's Clemson coaching staff? Like, yeah. Like e- I, either one of the Like, uh, do I get an elite coaching staff, I suppose? Uh, look, we're going to pull in an NFL coaching staff for you. How does that feel? Yep, cool. Okay. As long as it's not bloody... <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Um, as long as it's not like Adam Gase. So uh, we'd, be looking, we'd be anyway, looking at uh, the boy from th- Georgia, th- Newman, as quarterback. Yeah, and I think you're, often the big one is the offensive line and, and you're just going to get athletes everywhere. Like You're going to get full, you know, there's 32 first-round picks. You're going to get effectively what, I mean, 22 offense, defense. You're getting 20 two first rounders are you I, I don't know how some of these guys grade out like you're probably not getting linebackers that high but even still Micah Parsons will be you're probably not getting a middle linebacker or taking a middle linebacker in the first round that might be a position you struggle with but DB you're going to be good offensive and defensive line you're going to be good wide receiver you're going to be good Kylan Hill um, Mississippi State running back who opted out is good uh, I think quarterback's like probably your biggest question mark Quarterback would be the biggest question mark. Yeah, and like, I mean, but Newman came in, like he had a really good season last year. I think there are certainly questions to be asked there, but um, that is a good point. If you stack him up against a Mac Jones or a Trevor Lawrence, you're certainly not going to be as confident as if you were on the other sideline. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, it, it just goes to show the amount of talent that has decided not to play this year or has played and, and is no yeah. longer playing. It, it's a really impressive list looking through it. There's an absolute studs all across the field, which is disappointing, but certainly understandable. And I know we've both mentioned it, that this could be a thing that continues on that we'll see as soon as yeah. these upperclassmen or draft eligible kids are kind of ruled out that they put their hands up and say, it's been nice, cool, I'm going to start working out and getting my 40 time up. Yeah, doing heaps of bench press. All right, the last fair dingham I've got for you, which is possibly more of a question. I know these are sort of questions anyway, but the top four teams in the country in terms of the top four best teams in the country never fill the top four playoff spots. And kind of my question to you is, A, is that fair dingham, but B, should they? Look, I, I think it's uh, it's certainly not fair. Like, you are fair income in your statement. It, it's not the case. I think there's just too many variables for us to get it right each year. And what do you qualify as best is kind of even a hard enough question to answer yeah, because true. you're talking about a, a point in time. Are we talking about like the last poll of the year? Or are we talking about the most deserved team at that point because they haven't lost? And, you know, if, if you had a situation like this year, Oklahoma, who's trashing teams and has two losses that occurred really early in the year, but they're looking red hot right now. And you compare that to a Cincinnati team who's won all of their games, done it in a fairly comfortable fashion. How can you keep Cincinnati out? 
in, in, in that scenario. And, and I'm like, uh, I, I truly believe Oklahoma are probably the better team, but I would certainly be pushing for Cincinnati to be getting the spot there. So I don't think you're ever going to get it right. I think you need to reward the teams that go undefeated and, and do that. Well, and then, yeah. the, the other thing is also like the whole conference thing. It's as per your argument with Georgia, you know, uh, the SEC always gets a a perceived bump that it is it has the better teams in it and a lot of that is based around recruiting and results pumping th- things to the pros and like there's there is an argument to be made that they are but also you you don't get to see a great contrast of it like because you play games in conference and you get only a small sample size of out of conference stuff and then the bowl games at the end of the year you never truly know how these teams shape up against each other so there's no way i can say with any confidence that every year the top the best four teams get in i, I think you'd be stupid to think that yeah 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 I agree, I agree, and that's kind of disappointing, and I think we're going to see it again this year with the Notre Dame-Clemson thing, and it's almost, you know, yes, it's about the resume, but it's also who hasn't cocked up last, like who can hold their water for longest, which is unfair as well because, uh, you know, should A&M get in without playing versus an ACC team that, you know, didn't. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I feel better about this year's top four and the fact that who's going to end up there than I have for a lot of other ones. Okay, let's get into some game previews. Again, we're looking for excuses to get excited here about games. Let's start in the conference of the best pillow fighters. That is the Big Ten. Uh, Now, Ohio State and Michigan State. Let's start there. Uh, Ryan Day, who we mentioned earlier at the top, will not be available to coach in this game. Michigan State's season has been super weird, coming off an unexpected win last weekend. Uh, I think the only way that Sparty win this is if the entire offense for Ohio State has COVID, which may be the case because they're very cagey with releasing information about even whether Justin, well, not that that's a surprise, but whether Justin Fields is playing, uh, whether Chris Olave is playing, what exactly they're going to get in terms of an offensive lineup and a defensive lineup. So I think the only way that Michigan State can win this game is if Ohio State has that many outs due to that particular problem. And and then on top of that, they need to be able to run the ball really, really well. Rocky Lombardi completes only just over 50% of his passes and throws picks as well, which is not a good combination. So Connor Haywood and the offensive line are going to have to play absolutely out of their minds. Possibly a little bit low scoring, but I don't see a world in which Michigan State lose this one. Okay, yeah. I'll win this one. Lose. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You caught me off guard there. Uh, Look, you're right. You're listening, though, because there are definite times when I'm going on a diatribe and you're just fucking checking out. I've got a lot going on up up top, mate. No, you don't, Uh, because I'm like, hey, Justin Fields, he had five touchdowns. And then you're like, oh, man. And also, Justin Fields had five touchdowns. How about that? I was like, yeah, sweet. You could listen to the previous sentence. Anyway, (laughs) move on. We can probably take this off air. Yes, probably. No, look, this one, what are your if we're getting excited, I think th- there's an opportunity to get excited about this one. If you're up at 3.30 and you're an Ohio State fan or a Nebraska fan or, you know, you're up Go at 3.30 to, to watch football. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about how things are going in Lincoln. Uh, but this is one that you've got to keep dialed into because you don't know what the fuck Michigan State are going to put out at any given week. This might be one of their on weeks and they might be looking red hot and they might take it right to Ohio State. They're playing at home. And there's a chance because their best has been surprisingly good this year. That said, they're also worst is terrible and Ohio State on paper look a lot better than them. So, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on it. Mm, I don't know. All right, uh, Indiana at Wisconsin. Indiana coming off that win. I nearly said a big win. It wasn't a big win against Maryland. Wisconsin lost to Northwestern, then had the Minnesota game cancelled. Uh, last week so they've had a bit of a break in a, a really up and down season not in terms necessarily of their gameplay although that has happened but their first big 10 game was on the 24th of october since then they've played twice and we're looking at the first weekend in december so it has been a long time between drinks and it's real stop start which makes things hard uh, i don't know 
what you think about Wisconsin. I mean, they scored 45 and 49 against Illinois and Michigan, but struggled against Northwestern. Indiana's defense is not Northwestern, so I think there's an opportunity there for, for Wisconsin to put up points. Their defense is still pretty good, and they look at times as if they're ready to run the ball a fraction better. So I don't think this offense is broken, or at least fully broken, after the loss a couple of weekends ago to Northwestern. Uh, and there's nothing about this Indiana defense to really be that scared of. They give up 365 yards a game. Graham Mertz, if he can be efficient, lean on that running game, I think they win pretty easily. It's played in Madison. And then on the flip side of that, as we've mentioned, Michael Penix out of the game. He left uh, last weekend's game with uh, an injury in the third quarter, and we've since found out that was an ACL. So he's done for the year, as we've as we mentioned. And Jack Tuttle gets the start now, and he is not good. Totally different quarterbacks. Uh, I think Wisconsin probably do this pretty comfortably and effectively just bury the hatchet square into the back of Indiana. I mean, we're talking a ranked matchup here. We've got number 12, Indiana, and number 16, Wisconsin. This is something to get excited about, and it is certainly easy to write off Indiana with Michael Penix's injury, uh, such as the injection of energy that he has brought to that football team and what we've seen them be able to deliver this year. But I think that's a bit unfair across the rest of the group. They they have been really good this year. It, it hasn't been a one-trick pony. They Their defense has been forcing turnovers at an insane level. And if they can keep that up, they're certainly going to be in this matchup with Wisconsin. I think I'm with you that Wisconsin look like a team that could certainly get this done comfortably just on the back of being rested. Like They haven't played many games. They're not going to have the injuries that we're seeing pile up around other programs. And that apart from that Northwestern loss, they were looking really good offensively and defensively. Like This looks like a legit team that had that one disappointing effort against a very, very good Northwestern defensive unit. Outside of that, they've put up points and their defense has been elite. Yes, it's not a huge sample size outside of that because they haven't played many games, but I still rank this as a very, very good Wisconsin team. Indiana have been one of the best stories of the year so far as a football program, so they'll certainly be in with a a fighting chance, and this is the one to have on at 7 o'clock, certainly on on one of your screens that you've got going on because they they deserve that respect, and I think they can certainly make a game of it. It's just that... That quarterback issue uh, against a very, very stout Wisconsin defense certainly has rightfully everyone a little bit nervous about it. I think this uh, carriage is turning back into a pumpkin in this particular game. (laughs) All right. uh, Other games in the Big Ten, Nebraska at Purdue, Penn State at Rutgers, Iowa at Illinois. Anything on any of them? Uh, probably the Penn State Rutgers game is perhaps the most interesting. I'm not suggesting that anybody watch that game, but maybe Rutgers can get a victory over Penn State a week before they play. Uh, who have they got next week? Michigan State? No, that's not right. They've played Michigan State. Can't remember. Someone of note. Yeah, uh, they I... beat Michigan last week, and now <sighs> they. I, I, I don't see it. I, th- I, I think Penn State uh, can continue to roll after last week's loss. They've, they've had some tough outs early on in the year, and, and they caught that. I think that this team is, is better than the Rutgers unit they're coming up against. But Rutgers have been very good this year. Greg Shiano's turned that around. I just think it's probably a bridge too far. The other one I'm interested to see is if Iowa can keep rolling. They're, they're one of the teams that are looking more impressive as each week goes on. They're going, coming up against an Illinois team who've been plucky this year, so... If they can continue that form, I think they're on a really good trajectory. Yeah, okay. All right, let's move across into the SEC and let's begin with Texas A&M and Auburn. Just want to watch the world burn. Yep, this is my chaos game of the week. Texas A&M weren't great on offense against LSU, 20-7 win, but that LSU defense has been fractionally disappointing and I would expect the number five team in the country to turn them over a little bit more comfortably than that. Again, how much do you take out of that? We've had these conversations before. What does that mean? Um, I, I could see this one being a really nervy outing for AM, who are clearly the better team, uh, but 
I don't know if they do this that comfortably. And again, Will, I want you to go large here, but Auburn on the road, coming off an iron bowl, their season is effectively cooked. They're playing for not much more than pride at the, at the moment and an ability to upend a team season. And that's always pretty empowering for, for college athletes. It is, but they're also coming off of the back of their game of the season last week in the Iron Bowl, and it's easy to get smacked the way that they did and then be really flat on the back of that and kind of go in your shell a bit and, and write this season off as a, a COVID year where, where you were disappointing. And, like, if Tank Bigsby's out, that's a big hit for this Auburn team that's going to be outmatched. A&M have shown that they have the players. Like, both you and I don't have faith in Bo Nix to get the job done and he's going to need to. I'm a massive Bo Nix believer. Against a very good A&M defense, he's going to need to step up and have like a stud game, which we haven't seen him do in big moments and and that's what this one would be. So whilst Auburn are riding a three-game win streak in this series, they've had the wood over A&M lately, I just, I think that they're going to struggle in this matchup. That said, I do expect it to be closer than one might expect in this. Like, it is going to be uh, a, a tightish game, but I'm still expecting uh, A&M to get out on top in this. Yeah, I think this could absolutely go down to the wire. All right, Arkansas at Missouri. I think this game's worth watching on some level because of the positive year that both of these two teams have had. And this feels like... Uh, the good game, the nice guys game of the year, where you've got these two teams both on an upward trajectory, both feeling really, really good about the steps that they've taken this year. But we'll be looking to push on and make that significant because Arkansas could fall to three and six with a loss here. Now, whilst that is an improvement on last year, they've been better and the results. You're on, you know, as Bill Parcell says, you're only as good as your record shows, and three and six isn't that great. And for all the games they've been in, and all the games they possibly should have won and were close in, to still be, you know, twice the amount of losses as wins, that's not where they're going to want to be. On the other side of that, you've got Missouri, who have been able to win multiple ways with defense. We've seen them play in high-scoring shootouts and win that way as well. And you know. I just think that this game provides a lot of potential entertainment and a couple of real nice stories. Yeah, like I agree with you in the nice stories. Uh, any opportunity you get to watch my boy Connor Bozlak play too is always a good one. So you can dial into that. Okay, like uh, you're committing to a player. I like that. Definitely. Uh, and, and the Tigers were awesome last week. I mean, Vandy were obviously decimated and have been struggling this year, but they did not give them a sniff. Uh, it ran it a bit tighter with South Carolina before that and got spanked um, by Florida uh, in the lead-up too. But th- this is two good teams who are evenly matched and it will be a genuine contest. Like I, I see this as a coin flip game. I don't know which way it's going to go. Two programs, as you say, heading in the right direction. So certainly uh, think that there's there's going to be an enjoyable matchup and there's a few fireworks to be had here. All right, let's continue through. Vanderbilt play the most overrated team in the country in Georgia. So, you know, go doors. South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida at Tennessee, which is normally rivalry-esque. Uh, but Tennessee are on that five-game skid that we've mentioned. Alabama at LSU will be a no contest. Anything on those games that you would like to address urgently? I I do not believe that any of those will be games of interest to watch. So everything else that I've said, I can kind of get behind. Those ones are going to be one-sided affairs that will all be done by halftime. Perfect. In the Big 12, Oklahoma State at TCU. Now, the Cowboys have to win this one to give themselves any chance in the Big 12. It's a do or die. They don't control their own destiny. They're looking for mathematical uh, situations to fall their way now. Only two and a half point favorites in this one, which is strange against a team that cannot score. I don't trust Max Duggan for the Frogs and their offense at all, but I can sort of say the same thing about Spencer Sanders and the Pokes offense. They're fractionally up and down. So talk to me about this one. Is this one you're a little bit worried about or you think Oklahoma State can blow the doors off here? No, I am absolutely a little bit worried about this one. So TCU's floating around that 500 mark and have been up and down uh, 
on the year, but Oklahoma State the last few weeks, all season really, have just been scraping by and doing enough. And then they've been, you know, stood up a couple of times in that. And this is an opportunity for TCU to be able to do that too at home. I think uh, the Oklahoma State running game looks as if it's going to be leaning on Des Jackson again with uh, Chuba Hubbard and LD Brown potentially sidelined for another week. Uh, the the Horn Frogs are a dangerous outfit. Like, yes, Oklahoma State should win this game. Their defense has been good and then giving up a, a little bit. And obviously they had that shootout last week where – you know, there was some big gash plays that they'd want to get out, but I still rate it. They still have some very handy players in there that I think is going to cause some fits for TCU. Um, yeah, I, I am nervous, but if Oklahoma State want to keep that dream alive, then they certainly need to get it done here. Okay, Baylor at Oklahoma. I don't want to spend too long on this one because we've mentioned this multiple times already, even in this show. Oklahoma, possibly the hottest team in the Big 12, maybe even in the country at the moment. Is there any chance that Baylor, after their win last week, can show, again, continued signs of improvement under Dave Aranda and maybe at least slow down the offense enough and sort of keep them to maybe 28 points and, and, and muddy this one up a little bit and Charlie Brewer can show some maturity, show some leadership and, and get this Baylor offense doing enough to keep this one tight? And No, that ain't happening. No. I really built that up. You did, oh, yeah. you did, and I just I had tried. to knock it back down because it, it ain't happening in this matchup, my friend. Okay, West Virginia at Iowa State. I mean, this game is not really that relevant. It kind of could be, uh, but Iowa State are pretty much a lock for the uh, Big 12 championship game. But this, to me, kind of appears to be the best matchup on paper and that's probably where it starts and stop because West Virginia haven't won a game on the road yet this year which obviously creates a problem heading to Ames Iowa to try and beat this Cyclones team which appears to be starting to develop into a really difficult team not just a kind of fluky proposition they're less Cinderella-y than Indiana and far more consistent uh, Brock Purdy has been a little bit up and down this year, but he's always been that throughout his entire career. He, it's not like he has been rock solid from go to woe. He's had those games where he's been a little bit down, but he's had most of them already and got them out the way this year. So you've got him and Brees Hall and that tight end duo, which are really, really good, led by Charlie Kohler. I mean, I just don't really think West Virginia can win this game, but I would like to see them, and I bet you would like to see them make it ugly here and perhaps get a win. Yeah, and I think there's certainly a chance with this West Virginia football team and the way that they've been playing for them to have things go their way. This is a team that has been playing really good defense. They've yeah, averaged, they have been. averaged less than 10 points against in their last three contests. Which When is, has West Virginia ever had a defense? Exactly right. The same as Oklahoma State. Like it's it's just crazy, and and those numbers are awesome, and their quarterback Doge there, Dogey, Dogey, yeah. Uh, well, just, we've, between the two of us I think we've just had four different ways <laughs> but uh, he he's only turned the ball over once in the last uh, five games which is, which is super important when you're playing that tough type of defense you need to be somewhat conservative and I think he's doing that job well so that's going to have them in this matchup I mean Iowa State and Brees Hall deserve all the credit they get for the year that they're having this is like an all-timer for that program in terms of where they are in the Big 12 and, and the season that they're having and Matt Campbell deserves all the credit for that in, in building the culture around and, and having them in that position but this is a spot where you know they could have their hearts ripped out which would be awesome to see because I remember Iowa State doing it at Oklahoma State in 2011 so <laughs> go Mountaineers not that we have any bias calling on this show whatsoever uh, Texas at Kansas State Kansas at Texas Tech I'm assuming you don't have any too many spicy hot takes on those no sir uh, okay, across into the ACC, Clemson at Virginia Tech. This game's only interesting because if Clemson win, they get a spot in the ACC championship game. I suggest watch the first 15 minutes, see if Clemson are up 35 to nothing or just 28 to nothing, and then once you're there, turn the TV over. 
Miami at Duke. This game's only relevant really as Miami's in the in the running for a New Year's Six bowl, and they sort of need to continue to win. Uh, it'll be them, Car- uh, North Carolina. Who else is going to be in that picture? Cincinnati, BYU, uh, Wisconsin. If they can perhaps win out from here, Indiana. So that that next group down all want to play in those big bowl games. They need to keep winning. Yeah, oh, certainly. It'd just be nice to have Miami playing a game again. I can't remember when they last took the field. Yeah, well, this will be their third road game in a row, which is... I mean, they've had two weeks off, so they have been back in Coral Gables, which is good. But you always like to get a home game in at some stage, probably. Just some games, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is 2020. Syracuse at Notre Dame, Georgia Tech at NC State, BC at Virginia, and North Carolina playing their out-of-conference game. Anything on any of them? I think Boston College and Virginia this week is a sneaky, exciting matchup. The rest of them feel very one-sided in in what I'm looking at here. But that one there could go either way. Yeah, I think Virginia are, what, five-and-a-half-point favourites or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so and, and they probably deserve that off of the back of the games that they were playing in the lead-up to their hiatus. They've been off for a few mm. weeks now. Was it three weeks or something crazy themselves? Yeah. That, But the, the three weeks before that, they had really comprehensive victories after being disappointing early. So they were heading in the right direction. It's just how has this break handled them? And is uh, Jerkovic all right for Boston? I know he left in the game last week. He's an important player for that team. He's been awesome this year. So he's going to want to take the field for Boston to be in the running here. Uh, the interesting that you say that all those games will be blowouts, but Georgia Tech, NC State. I mean, Georgia Tech have been playing okay. Yeah, I like NC State at home. I think mm. it's an opportunity for them to really put the foot down and, and show what they can do, and and kind of put in a quite a respectable year in this one. So that's what I expect to happen. Pac uh, twelve football. Uh, we are still chasing unknowns in the Pac-12. There's so many teams that we haven't seen enough of to make really, truly informed decisions. So we're going to start with one of those, UCLA at Arizona State. I think this one could be really good because, again, we don't fully know what we've got in the Sun Devils. They've only played one game this year, uh, which was the USC crazy finish that they probably should have won. Uh, I expect them to come out a bit rusty, though, a little bit lethargic. UCLA have lost two games to Colorado and Oregon by a combined nine points. Now, Colorado undefeated. Oregon, yeah, they dropped one to Oregon State, and we know they're not you know, super elite, but they're certainly at the top of the Pac-12. So certainly no shame in those two losses. Chase Griffin has been good in relief of Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, so I'm expecting UCLA to come out all guns blazing Arizona State are going to struggle to stop that UCLA defense as their uh, sorry that UCLA offense because their defense is particularly porous. A high scoring, entertaining game with UCLA involved, so probably give me the Bruins here. Yeah, look, I certainly agree that this is going to be an awesome matchup to watch, and it's a really nice, uh, comfortable two p.m. time slot here in Australia. Like, you're not getting up early. You, if you have got up early, you're starting to struggle at that point. Like, that's, that's prime nap time. So if you haven't got up early, and I haven't convinced you into getting any of these, and I haven't done a great job so far, so you're probably not, this is the one that you need to get turned on because we don't know about these two teams. And, yeah. and I think it genuinely could be an exciting matchup. There's enough there from both sides. What it's lacking is them actually playing for something. Like, and I think there's a bit yeah. of a, that across the Pac-12 this year. But if you if you take that out of it and you just want to watch some good football and some dudes running around, then this is the one that you want to dial into because it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just don't think that um, guys that have opted out in the Pac-12 are sitting there going, man, I wish I was running around with my brothers so I could play those three games. Like... They're probably pretty content with that decision. Uh, Stanford at Washington. Washington's offense still has a way to go, I think, uh, mainly due to the quarterback position. Dylan Morris uh, has been patchy at times. He obviously led that fantastic comeback against Utah last week, but they need to keep getting a heap out of their running back. Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant have been solid not elite they're going for nearly 200 yards a game on the ground but dylan morris needs every yard of that because he is susceptible to turning the ball over he looks a little bit frantic at times and a little bit uh just 
I guess not a great quarterback prospect. Not saying he's not uh, bad. I'm not saying he's bad. He's a Division One quarterback. He's okay. He's just not going to do anything that special, and you're just going to have to live with that. He's not the elite prospect that perhaps you always want to roll into your program. Uh, so they're going to need to get plenty out of that run game. Stanford has been a bit of a mess. So I think Washington probably do this easily. Uh, but Stanford can cook up some pretty good defense. Come on, I need you to commit to it here. Just say he's garbage, you could do a better job, and that you think that he's holding that offense back. I do think he's holding the offense back, but he's also a freshman, so I'm not going to just rail a dude for for being... I'm probably not trying to rail dudes ever, but um, Young you know, dudes. I'm not going to just throw a freshman under the bus completely. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, and it's fair. Like, there's, there's a fairly big line here at uh, 12 points uh, indicating that Vegas at least sees Washington as the much better team. And, and that's easy to see with what Stanford have kind of churned out. They've been pretty fucking ugly this year so far. They did need that win over Cow just to get something going because it's been a rough couple of years there. But when you look at who they had opted out, who they've had coming through, like they, they really are in the midst of a rebuild. And the, um, the, 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 whilst Washington are kind of in a similar boat, they're certainly more progressed than Stanford are, and that's what it feels at the moment. I think this they can keep this close. Like I think they can keep it within a score maybe. I, I think the 11 of and a half is probably a bit much, but I do like Washington to win this one just on the back of Stanford not being all that much. Chop. Okay, uh, Oregon at Cal. I'll give you your choice here. Oregon State at Utah, Colorado at Arizona, Washington State at USC. Uh, any takes on them? I think there's a couple of okay matchups there, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I like the Wazoo-USC game. Yeah. Uh, on the Monday here, so Sunday over there, uh, mm-hmm. so that'll be competing with the NFL, uh, but it's certainly one that I think has a bit of intrigue. USC se- are seemingly hitting their straps a bit at the moment and, and have looked a lot better uh, the last... One game. That's yeah, okay. and they look great. And then on the buy, I saw some Instagram videos. The boys look fucking fire, so... <laughs> <laughs> USC is up and about, trust me. Uh, Washington State, on the other hand, new coach in, just a lot of excitement. Like Nick Rolovich has done a good job of stepping in for the Pirate and keeping that up-tempo, like high-flying offense going. A little bit more balance to it, a little bit of uh, change, a little bit more defense even there. Uh, Like it's, it's, It's good to see. So I think they're a team that are always one that I'm keen to keep an eye on. And in a big marquee matchup, going to the Coliseum against USC, they're, they're going to have their shot in this one. And like it wouldn't shock me if they get over the line here. Um, if, I, if I had to throw a chaos game, I know we're getting towards the ends of the game. It's probably going to be this one. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And yeah, I mean that's that's kind of just saying that Washington State can their their range of outcomes is quite large, and I think that they're probably positioned to surprise a few people in this one. Yeah, Washington State have given USC troubles in recent years as well. I know that's a bit of a strange thing, especially with a new coach, new players. It's like <laughs> it's not like it's just the jerseys that stay the same. So. Uh, but yeah, I think like I agree with everything you said. That run and shoot offense looks really, really good, and that they are running the ball far more effectively. USC has had their struggles moving the ball on the ground and had to rely on Keaton Slovis a lot, and they've been inconsistent offensively, which is something that they weren't last year, particularly in the back end of the season. Uh, in a couple of other games, Oregon State at Utah, I think, is interesting. I think Utah probably managed that one. It'll be cold, chilly conditions there in Salt Lake City. And Oregon State coming off their big win against Oregon. Speaking of that one, do they bounce back against Cow? Can the Ducks get over the line uh, against a Cow team who we probably expected a fraction more out of this year, just in terms of looking sharper, looking more effective? Um, and and having an, an offense that was probably a little bit more dynamic than what they've demonstrated so far. Yeah, Oregon are going to win that one in a big way. I think they're going to be relatively ticked off in losing the rival uh, matchup that they had last week with Oregon State. I think that's going to hurt them. 
they will still be competing for the Pac-12 championship. Cal are garbage this year. They're no good. They just lost to Stanford, who are also no good. So Oregon are going to do It's a blocked this. extra point. A blocked yeah, extra point. doesn't matter. It's two teams, like two pigs rolling around in shit that game. Uh, this this Oregon side is, is That's gonna... the kind of hot take we need. There we go. <laughs> Oregon will win by a wide margin. Okay, Colorado uh, will be looking to stay undefeated against an Arizona team that is also not very good. So they may just do that. Uh, championship draft time. Oh, sorry. Are there any other games before I get to that? Are there any uh, other games from the group of five that you would like to touch on? This is my listening. Uh, we had Liberty Coastal Carolina, right? That's that's game day this week. That, that is a game that we have not discussed, actually. Yeah, Liberty, the number... Are they ranked at the moment in the playoff? They ranked in the AP poll. Uh, they might not be in the uh, college football playoff. I but Coastal Carolina, yeah. number 18 in the country. Uh, the Clears are hosting, um, but we've seen what Liberty can do to Power 5 teams as they nearly beat the Virginias. Um, and who was the other team they got over? I can't even remember anymore. Come on, you're too flat here, mate. Coastal Carolina are a team that if you have not watched this year, fucking do it. And and this yeah, is the one. Okay. Like, it's game day. Yeah. I'm assuming they're not going to be filming this one with handy cams. Like, I felt like we've had to watch with some of the other matchups <laughs> that they've Carolina had. Games, yeah, yeah, Coastal Carolina matchups have just been... I don't know what's going on with the AV units down there. It's back in the 1980s. Every time I turn it it's on, like funniest home video shows. It is. Up, it is absolutely. But the product on the field is awesome. And this week with game day, they deserve the recognition here. They're a fun offense to watch. We've mentioned it a few times. If you're kind of getting into the X's and O's of football, I think this is really one to dial into to just see what it is that they're doing different. When we talk about some of these concepts, and I know you're big on that, they're a team that you can. Kind kind of watch less of just what the quarterback's doing or the ball getting thrown around and more try and break down offensively what's happening some of the movements the motions the the thought behind what they're trying to set up and you you're like you potentially have a really good time doing that yeah and if it does get game day Kirk Herbstreet's a pretty good one to listen to about that he's pretty good at that on the fly and manipulating those second level defenders and all that kind of stuff and, and they're, they're both spread offense uh but liberty will go a little bit faster they're a little bit more traditional uh probably don't have quite the run they've got the run threat at quarterback don't get me wrong but the running uh the, i guess the different concepts in the run game as what uh coastal carolina do as they will use a lot of like buck sweep type stuff They'll use inside zone, they'll use power, they'll use counter. So they've got a little bit of everything um, as well. So it uh, should be a really entertaining one. I'll probably watch that one, I would assume. Uh, yeah, I don't exactly uh, know what I'm doing this The weekend, only risk but... is I, I am hearing word out that it's at risk of being cancelled, unfortunately. So, so yeah. keep an eye out for that. That would be really disappointing to get us robbed yeah. of that one. The other one that I do want to touch on uh, that's the Friday night over there, so the Saturday here, midday kickoff here. So if you don't have much going on Saturday or you want to go to the pub and watch a game, Louisiana App State. A couple of Aussie yeah. boys punting there. Uh, Louisiana have entered the AP poll. App State are a very good team who uh, just recently lost to Coastal Carolina, but <laughs> yeah. outside of that had been doing really well. And, and another couple of teams with really prolific offenses that certainly will be an enjoyable matchup. So I think that's one to look out for on the Saturday if you're looking to get your fix. Yeah, for sure. And uh, those two teams have played some pretty big games over the last couple of seasons as well. So definitely Last year's worth... Sunbelt Championship game. Exactly. Uh, definitely worth dialing into. Are you happy for me to go to the championship draft now, William? I am now. Okay, good. You are picking first. I still haven't made my decision, so I'm going to make that up right now. Who are you taking yeah, so let's do a quick recap on last week because you've now taken the lead, unfortunately. If we do the, the total value plus money in the bank, you're at $67. My value plus money in the bank, $65. We went mm. in opposite directions last week. So you grabbed my Cowboys, who I was hoping to get. That propelled you up a couple of bucks on the back of their victory. I grabbed Texas, uh, who fucking shat the bed against Iowa State and have now dropped out of the mm. rankings and, and cost mm. me a, a good chunk of cash, uh, six bucks in the process. So disappointing <laughs> there. Um, so I, I've, 
I've got the six bucks in the bank. I've never been good at holding onto it. Like I, as soon as anything hits my pocket, it finds its way out. Pretty quick, smart. So I am going to use five of those dollars, and I'm going to grab a team that fell twelve places last week. So I see that as plenty of equity to move up in uh, the Oregon Ducks. So two two games left on the schedule. I'm backing them in to win them both, then win the Pac-12 championship and get somewhere up around ten. I think that's probably realistic, which could potentially make me a nice eleven dollars there. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm still trying to work through what I'm going to do. I think. Come on, talk us I'm through gonna... the process. I, I want to get in behind the mind. Well, of... I don't know whether to spend cash at this point. So obviously, I want someone that can jump up. So Iowa maybe. But I haven't had a look at Iowa's remaining schedule. Uh, the, the other one that jumps out to me, a team that is not ranked at the moment, and I love taking non-ranked teams and then watching them hopefully win and make a bit of money, is uh, Buffalo. Now, Buffalo appear like they're going to go undefeated in the MAC. I don't exactly know. I mean, they've only got two games left against Ohio and Akron. Not exactly you know, heavy hitters in the college football world. But do the Mac have a championship game? And if they do and they run the table, you know, that's probably enough to, you know, get sneak, sneak themselves into the rankings. The other team, I don't mind spending a little bit of money maybe on Iowa, but I'd also have to have a look at their particular schedule, which I'm just bringing up now and see who they have got left in the bank. So they got Illinois and then Wisconsin to finish. Hmm. At least with Buffalo, you know you're going to get a shitload of rushing touchdown scored. So. I mean, there is that. Is there any cash for that? Um, how much cash have I got in the bank? Two you bucks? have $1. Oh, shite. So I'd have to sell or I'd buy Liberty to beat Coastal Carolina, which I don't think is going to happen. But if they did, that would be a good buy as well. So a couple of different options here. What would you do? Uh, I would probably go after Buffalo, watch them win out and get somewhere in the 20s at the end of the year. Okay. Give me the buffs. Give me the buffs. Looking at how I've gone the last few weeks with Wisconsin minus $8, Texas minus 6 and your... uh, positive Washington, Oklahoma State profits. I don't know if you should be coming to me for stock advice. Well, uh, I think like, and I've got North Carolina sitting there as well as probably going to be the next team in. So... Yeah, they're looking pretty too. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're trending in the right direction. Uh, I have Tulsa, who are probably going to lose to Navy this week. And then... <laughs> yay. All right, let's move on. Now, I do want to apologize. I'm feeling a bit sick tonight, and I probably haven't brought as much of the no, noise as I talk, should have. Don't so. talk out of that. You, you've been fine, mate. I like it. Uh, I, I'm making some excuses. All right, let's get into our bold prediction. Uh, do you want to kick us off tonight? Will. Uh, Absolutely. Have you hit one yet, actually? Yeah, of course I have. I got one. Have you? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going back to that well, actually, in this one. So I, I definitely have. Don't make me get the tapes out because I can't be bothered. A bold but strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I think I landed one where I said uh, certain teams would win by 100 points. Like all the, oh, you did too. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it, it was a long time ago. But I'm going back to that same strategy, and I'm saying there's going to be four games in the SEC. There's blowouts in the SEC. It's well, of course, because there's a whole four bunch games of teams in the SEC. That's are going to win by a, a combined 120 points. <laughs> okay. Woof. So Florida over Tennessee, yep. easily win by more than 30 points. They Georgia could win by 700. Georgia over Vandy. I mean, yeah, Sarah Fuller. Vandy suck, but Georgia is shit. Sarah Fuller might kick nine field goals, and that could <laughs> fucking screw me. But uh, Kentucky over South Carolina. Um, K- Kentucky's going large in this one. That's, oh, yeah, and okay. Alabama over LSU. They could win by fifty themselves. So yeah. uh, those well, four. Is that that bold? Yeah, maybe. I guess. I guess I depends. On the That's where we're at. I don't care. Okay, I'm going... Did you have a name for that? Yeah, blowouts in the SEC. Oh, blowouts in the SEC. I'm saying the Big 12's menage a trois tiebreaker is what mm. I'm going with. So, 
I'm going to explain to you my whole situation, but effectively what it comes down to is I need Iowa State to lose to West Virginia and I need Kansas State to beat Texas. And here's why, because I love chaos. If Iowa State lose to West Virginia, the following happens. We create a three-way tie. I also need Oklahoma State and Oklahoma to probably win. Um, But we create a three-way tie at the top between Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. From there, the kind of uh, tie-breaking goes to a three-way playoff between those two teams, effectively. Now, Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State beat Iowa State, Iowa State beat Oklahoma. So after going through that process, you achieve nothing, and we haven't been able to divide those teams out just yet. The next step from there is... We then compare the records against the remaining teams in the conference, starting at the top or in fourth position, Texas, and working our way down. Now, if it's just Texas, if Texas win, cool. But what that means is you only have the Texas results, which then flicks Oklahoma State. However, however, if Texas lose to Kansas State... You then have got a point differential count back with potentially Texas, Kansas State, and TCU, or uh, some other sort of chaos situation until winners are determined by a two-man sack race held on consecutive Sundays until a champion is crowned, and that's what we want to happen. So that's where I'm at with that. (laughs) Yeah, look, I need something like that in my life. That, That would be good. I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of like bottle spin like spin the bottle sort of deal or maybe they were like friday night lights coin toss or the paper i think it's paper i think you do it like pull a name out of a hat style is no i want to see this coin toss that everyone kind of gets around their (laughs) 1970s tv and gets all excited for that'd be me so i think you guys need to blow tcu out i think that has to happen as well but I'm not exactly sure. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I couldn't even read the rules properly. But So my bold prediction is Iowa State win and Kansas State over Texas to create this menage a trois tiebreaker. Oh, yeah, I hope so. All right. Let us go into our final segment. Let's go on the punt. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Now, you've already given a hint as to the direction you're heading here, and I've got no doubt that the gambling gods, I uh, call him Gamblor, will turn upon you and smite you to the point where you're <laughs> going to go anti-will, and then it all just fucks you in the face. Don't be saying that. I think the listeners know that this uh, this is the gold. This is where it's at. This is the game that they've all been playing every week. They're all sitting back <laughs> laughing, making money, and now they're not going to know what to do. <laughs> do I follow him? Do I not? I'm, I'm, I'm screwing you out there and I'm really sorry for everyone who's been following us because now, yeah, I've, I've blown yours, but I need to make some cash myself. I'm doing it a bit tough. I, I really need to kind of pull this back and I'm expecting to get all four games here plus the multi and then that's going to put us back in the plus. So we've been dragging us a bit. I'm going to get straight into it. These are games that, like, they're results I don't like the look of. I, I prefer the other side, but... If that's the case, then let's try it. Uh, I'm going to back Louisiana Lafayette to beat App State outright. So I like App State in this one. I think they're the better team. Louisiana are the underdogs. There's not too much in it. Uh, it's like a two and a half point line or something like that. So we're going we're gonna to start with ULL, Louisiana to win. Yep, don't hate that. Okay, next one, uh, Virginia. Virginia playing Boston. You know I'm a Boston fan. I'm a Phil Jerkovic guy. Uh, Are you just picking upsets the whole way here? No, 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 no. So Virginia, uh, favorite, six-point favorite. I'm going to take them to cover that six points. Okay. Because I I like Boston. I think Boston are good for it. Virginia, I've never been all that big on. So let's go Virginia, minus six. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is good. Kentucky, South Carolina. Where have you got that line? I'm sure you haven't seen it. So just like off the top of your head, where have you got that? Uh, it's Where is it being played? Let's not think too Columbia? hard about it. I do not have it in front of me at the minute. Let's assume it's Come in Kentucky. On, no, I need, it is in I Kentucky. need to get this it's, right. It's in Kentucky. 
It is in Kentucky. So it's got to be Kentucky minus... Would it be more than a touchdown? Their offense kind of stinks, but South Carolina suck. Minus... I mean, you're not putting it at minus six and a half, are you? That's a dumb line to set. Uh, minus somewhere there, somewhere between six and a half and eight and a half. Yeah, okay. So Kentucky are 11 point favorites. Kentucky minus 11. Oh, I honestly think South Carolina can win this game. So we're going to take Kentucky minus 11. <laughs> good. This is so good. Uh, the, the last one for me, Texas A&M-Auburn, your chaos game. So you're probably going to like this. I think Texas A&M win this one, right? They're, they're a better team. Auburn yeah. giving up seven points. I'm going to take Auburn plus seven. I'm, I'm going to take <laughs> yeah. them in this one. I'm not going to take them to win, but I'm going to take Auburn plus seven. I, like A&M are better. They deserve to be the fifth-ranked team in the country. They've shown it time and time again this year. They're playing a shitty Auburn team who just got smoked by Alabama. <laughs> Let's take Auburn plus seven. <laughs> you need to do this more often. This is Well, good. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of our week 14 preview. Sorry, just uh, before I I'll, I'll jump in, two units on all of those, sorry. then I'm doing yep. a two-unit multi on, on a lot of them too. So that's, well, that's how we're going to make bank. That's going to make you a shitload of money, I reckon. Uh, so well done. All right, week 14 preview now in the rearview mirror. Thank you for listening, of course, for William and myself. Thank you very much for joining us. Please do subscribe to the show. Tell your friends, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, you know the drill. Uh, Enjoy your week 14 of college football. Apologies for my lack of energy. Apologies for being a day late. And we... Thank you for your time. Enjoy your college football weekend. This is just blowing out and I don't know why. But on behalf of that guy over there, my name's Aaron. That is Will. And we will see you next week.